Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. And now, shut up and sit down. Hey, it's Christopher, and welcome to a special edition of Geekologist Radio, where we tackle episode one of season seven's Game of Thrones. In each of our spoiler casts for this season, we're going to give you initial impressions, talk about the story, and where every major plot point line is, and then our final thoughts, uh, which includes some hits and some misses. Uh, so let's talk to the panel uh, of, of this cast. Mr. Nash? What's going on? Oh, oh wait. I thought we're... We're just we're saying hi. Cajun's here, and he's also saying hi. <laughs> yeah. He's saying hi. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I, thought, I, thought you're told, I thought we were all supposed to say hi, because you said you're not... Damn it. <laughs> Just roll with it, wow. man. Just roll Just with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, adding to our, uh, our panel tonight, we have Jeff. He was on uh, a couple of weeks ago. What's up? Hello. How you doing? <laughs> and we tease this out uh, this week on, on our cast. We have our newest member uh, adding on to uh, Geekologist Radio. It's Paul. Hello. I'm Paul. <laughs> awesome. I'm Paul. I'm Paul. So we're gonna we're gonna start right away. We're gonna dig into this. We're not gonna try to fluff it up like we do in some of our other casts. We're gonna get right into the meat of things. So, what are your initial non-spoiler impressions of episode one for season seven? All filler, no thriller. <sighs> I was thinking this. I was thinking a lot of the same thing, Cajun. When I watched this, I was like, "Oh, so this is the catch-up cast. This is the catch-up show. Like everybody gets to figure out where everybody's been for a while." I have a retort. Yep. Exposition with a mission. Mm. I'm down with that. Uh, I (laughs) thought it was really good. I thought it was a fantastic introduction for the new season. Uh, I thought that we talked about Homecoming last week. Oh. See, this was, to me, it, it kind of, it, it gave a little bit. I, when we went to the second set of people, I was like, I oh, so this we're going to hit every single person in this. Like, we're going to hit every house. We're hitting every area, north, south, east, and west. I get this. And it, I, some of it was done really well. Some of it I was like, oh, maybe we could just speed this up a little bit faster so we can get to, like, the important parts, especially Daenerys. Like, I really wanted to just see the, the, the Mother of Dragons, and we had to wait till the tail end. But um, overall, I, I thought it was, I, it was well done. I just, I agree with Cajun. I thought there was a little bit more filler than uh, than was necessary. Oh, we're starting Cajun was right. Episode oh, one, like already. I'm like, <laughs> I, I haven't <laughs> given a theory yet. I get Cajun was right. Nice. I'll take it. So we're going to get a little bit into the story and how we're going to do it for our cast is we're going to just uh, initially talk about areas. So first we're going to get into the Riverlands and we're going to talk about everybody that was in that particular area and kind of what happened. So let's start with Arya and Literally the first scene in the entire show, which, by the way, probably the best of any season one Game of Thrones. Aside from that cold start from from Ned, like that first season was really good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. best best cold open. uh, That was just awesome, especially coming after the the pre-work where like this is catching up. Oh, yeah, she killed this guy. And then, like, he's still alive. So this sets you up right there in, in your brain, so you, it, it's not a surprise. It's I, all there. Go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, I uh, was actually saying that to Jeff, that while it started, I felt it merged together really well, and it was almost like, oh, wait, am I in a flashback here for a second, or what's going mm-hmm. on? You and know? see, how I took it was, like, it's going right, it, it's just taking up right there, and you know, he, like, Arya is just wearing Walder Frey's face right there. And, oh, no, 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 no,
Or is that oh, sorry. We no, no, we're full spoiler. Yeah, full spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. Here, yeah, out. I, spoilers. Before this, yeah. spoilers. All the spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I it it was Red Wedding point two two point like you know what I mean. Like it was it was basically like when I saw him, I thought to myself again, I'm like, well, first of all, it was nice to see you again because I thought his character was really well done. He's got such a sleaze ball; it was pretty awesome. But then when she like looks over at the girl and she goes, "Don't drink," and I'm like, "Yep, that's who you are." All right, so I get I get where this is going at this point. And then I was just waiting for the guys to either just keel over, but the coughing up blood stuff was awesome. Oh. That transition. What, Sorry, go ahead, Damien. One of the things that one of the things that I liked about that though was the fact that that you know we we talk a lot about actors' ability to act and and if you stayed and you watched through to the very end, they talked about his what he did. They gave they let him run with it. They said this is your your you know your your final you know, hurrah, and so the actor who played who, who was in the yeah, played he, Walter Frey. He, yeah, he, he yeah played Walter Frey. He had to change he changed up who he was so that to give little nuances that it's not Walter Frey. And they were talking about filming it, how that on like they, they expected a little bit, but they said when they finally got through to cutting and everything, that how that really resounded with yeah. with the opening they scene. They said how good it they said how good it was made them use it as a cold open. It was just gonna be a regular scene exactly. in the show, but once it was so good, like we can't do nothing else but open with this. It's really nice to see House Black and White yeah. come back again. Uh yeah. that actor's name is uh David Bradley. Uh yeah. thank yes. you. I know he's from, I know he's from the from Harry Potter also, and all yes. that stuff. Uh, bring the IMDB the strain. The strain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, see I haven't seen when, the strain. Uh, when he uses to. the line, leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe, I'm like, oh, yes. Yes. Yes, because, like, <laughs> she's just, she's such that that character right now. She's so small, but, like, she will bite your leg off if she has to. And so uh, the scenes that she is in, um, the other scene that we're going to talk about is when she meets up with the Lannister. Uh, uh. Yeah. It, it, what the fuck? Uh, it, it's, <laughs> we get it, and you sing. Yeah. <laughs> that moment was... <sighs> before we before we get off the Walter Frey thing, the part where she again says, the North remembers. Like, I thought that was really pertinent, specifically for her mom. And, like, it was just a line that, that kind of went all the way back for her parents and everything else. I, I really appreciate that line. Her coming up randomly on that group was like, oh, so you want to eat some of this crap and you want to drink some of our vino? I'm like, oh, this is just filler. This is crap. This is the part that Cajun's talking about. This is not not necessary. Aside from I the fact that, that she yeah. says that she's going to kill the queen, that's the line where I'm like, oh, so that's her intentions. Like, I mean, you know that's what it is, but she's coming out and saying it to people she knows could potentially kill her, and she says it anyway. Uh, that moment where Ed Sheeran is there was so distracting. Like, so distracting. And when she's like, oh, that's a pretty song. And he, like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's new. It's like, it's what stopped him from just looking right into the camera and saying it. it and was serenading. Like, it was just, yeah. like, so winky, naughty meta that, like, Game of Thrones is not that kind of show. And for that brief moment, I actually was just like, oh. Yeah, how I how I kind of see it is it was like uh, Game of Thrones decided to go D- CW for about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the only thing that they tried to do to save that scene was they tried to talk about family and that guy missing his his wife and the fact that he didn't get to see his newborn child and trying to make her remember about missing her family. And but they tried to save it that way, but it didn't. It's it came like a throw off line. Like it really. I, I mean, I know where they were going with it, but it didn't work for me. 
I think it makes her into a villain. Upcoming scene, she might have to kill them. They might find out what she's doing. She might have to kill them. So it's going to make her into more of a villain, make her question her actions. Maybe even make her do one of my theories that I'll discuss later. That felt like a Spider-Man homecoming thing, right? Like where they were looking at each other like, I know who you are. Yeah, I know who you are. Like, I thought that they were going to do that. I thought it was going to happen. Because the dude looked over and I'm like, oh shit, she's going to grab the sword. Like, she's going to grab that dagger and just like start killing some other effers. And she didn't do it, so... (laughs) Jeff and Paul, you had something? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say, but Jeff... <laughs> well, mine, mine kind of goes... At, uh, the thing that I was about to say was uh, is kind of going into theory territory, so I can hold it off if, uh, okay. if you would like. Gotcha, gotcha. So who else is in the Riverlands is uh, Hound, Barrack, and Thoros. And to see Hound again, I'm like, oh, I love Hound. Like, he wasn't enough in last season, right? Like, he had, like, two cameos, like, really quickly. So... I'm hoping that this means he's going to have much uh, more of a pertinent role. And they humanized him a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, they did. They really did. Yeah, this was the best story of this episode by far, I think. Like, the best scene was the cold open, but the best story was the how. Not only was his acting spot on, but he made two big leaps. He got remorse for starving out the farmer and his daughter by robbing them way, way back, which I'm glad they showed in the post-credit scenes. Like, I don't remember exactly what he did to all these people. Remind me, please, story. And then also, he's, his other big leap is now he's believing in a bigger plan from the gods. Those two yep. things were not in his character, and now they are in his character. Uh, something I thought that was really cool, and this was uh, when it was the shot of, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's got the eye patch. Is that Thoros? Thoros. Thoros. Yeah, Thoros. Okay. So when he's sitting there talking to the hound in the home, just in the back, you can see the skeletons of the people in frame. And it's this really nice shot of... Because it works really well with talking about the past and how it's kind of coming back to it. So from like a cinematography standpoint, there was this real full circle moment in just that one shot that was just for me really pretty. And I think spoke volumes about what we were, what we're going to get with the Hound throughout this season. Yep. And I thought and the humor. Hound was still the Hound was still like a douchebag. Like he, because he's and it wasn't Thoris. It was Barrack. I apologize. Barrack. Yeah, Barrack okay. is the one who has the eye oh. crosses. Thoris is the one who has the man bun. And he and and, and oh, so okay. he still the makes ball, fun. Of, he balding. makes fun of him for that man bun. He's just like take that yeah. thing off your head. Everybody knows you're bald. And it's like what? no. He says you yeah. think you're fooling anyone with that top knot. Oh, that top <laughs> knot. Right. Yeah, bald, a little more sucker. colorfully. Yeah, there's a little. It was a little more colorful than. than yeah, 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 and yeah. Thoris. <laughs> Is feel is starting to feel a little bit bigger than his britches because he feels like he resurrected Barrack and he can do that again. And so the flame thing, I think you're going to find that he's going to think that he can do that in a moment where it's not. He's going to try to do it and it's not going to happen. And so yeah. I feel like he has some magic, but it it I don't think it's as big as he thinks it is. And I feel like that's going to eventually come and bite him in the ass at some point in either this season or next season. But I really did like the the digging of the grave and and him helping him out. And it was it it sense of camaraderie. It's like okay, you're you're part of the brotherhood. So like, you know, can, let's accept that. Let's let's kind of move forward together. The delivering of the prayer was just priceless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he doesn't remember. quite believe in this god thing yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I don't remember <laughs> he the line so quickly. He's just like I don't remember. Let's go. Yeah, he talks but, about the mother. He's like yeah, I don't remember. Let's. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I'm sorry, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about the Citadel next. Uh, let's first of all talk about Samwell. Oh, oh Samwell, so gross. I mean that that oh that, my god, that journey for him to be Mace was too long. Just, just 
I got it after like three cuts. I want. I wanted to vomit, either. dude. I didn't. I was starting to yeah. smell shit from my TV. Like I'm like, oh, this is nasty. He's and like, he kept going. Ugh, ugh. I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's enough. Well, at a at a point, I felt like it was just watching uh, a recording of Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did have that feel, didn't it? Yeah, it did, but. Like being someone who used like I was in NAC for a while, and so I felt for him because I've had to clean commodes and I've had to do all that stuff, and so it, I, I really honestly talking about smelling it, like I'm like, like, yeah, it was bad. I didn't. I, I was I was making the same sound effects because that I swear that was that looked like yeah. Crap. I didn't have to feel I, that I, with I, him because like. Or anything because it made like because they were doing the soup and the poo and the soup. And the oh poo, yeah, the soup, and the, poo. the soup is the poo. Oh. The poo is the soup. It was like, oh my god, what's going in is coming out. Ah. And when that guy yeah. kept stacking the book on him as he was walking by, I'm like, this dude is literally getting shit on at this point. Like it's not even just like a like it's it's more than just him cleaning the poop. He actually is getting crapped on. And I felt like he was going through that routine as I was watching it, even prior to them showing the keys and everything. Because he was just the routine. You you know where everybody is at all times and when it happens. And so eventually you're like, this is my moment. I can I can sneak in and I can go do this. And when they're, they're opening up the cadaver and the grandmaster uh, tells him that he believes him, that's the moment. It's it's almost like wink wink. If I'm not awake, go ahead and take the keys. Like I felt like yeah. I, he was almost telling him without telling him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or he or he was just basically saying. Or he was calming him back. I think he was. I I thought he was pulling him back saying. Look, I believe you, but look, this all this other stuff happened, and people believed what you believed too, and they were all wrong. And I think that left him as I'm gonna have to steal keys. I'm gonna have to figure this out on my own because even somebody who fully believes me is not gonna let him in there. So convincing someone what I'm saying is true is not gonna affect anything. I need to I need to get this myself. No, and the grand uh, the grandmaster had a a line in there that I thought was really pertinent where he talks about, you know, many people have gone through winters and I'm not, I I don't know verbatim, but he talked about, you know, how everybody thinks of the worst and then everybody's still able to get through it and they're still alive. So regardless of whatever happens or occurs, even if the, even if the night King comes, people will survive and things will go, you know, the circle of life will, you know, continue. So I feel like he's trying to give him some levity on, don't be so panicky about this. Like, even if it is happening, everything will, I think it was more of what I was saying. I think he was actually trying to say that it wasn't that at all. That he was, it was like people feared nothing. Mm-hmm. Not their fears came reality, and they lived. I think they feared nothing. Jeff. So uh, I just have a question for everybody. Did it take you as long as it took me to realize that that was Slughorn, the Grand Master? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took me a, a while because he's like so much thinner than I've ever seen him before, and. Uh, then after I realized, I just heard his voice fully. <laughs> at, at yeah. I, I forget what the actor's name is, but he's been in a, a lot of stuff, and he's he been he's thoroughly great. This, it's uh, it's Jim Broadbent. Broadbent, yes, Broadbent, yeah. yes. I was not proud of how long it took me to realize it, and it's it wasn't from his face. He has a very distinct voice, mm-hmm. like very unique, and when you hear it, you tune into it right away, and you're like, oh, okay, that's Jim Broadbent. So there was something familiar about it, but I couldn't place it. And then I saw him again, and I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Two things on that. That's not the first time in this this episode where you see somebody who looks a lot different than they did even two seasons ago, con- including Euron, who, who completely changes from what his character looked like a bit back. And then the line I was talking about is, every winter that has come has ended. 
And so mm-hmm. it's it's basically every season happens. People, you know, it's it's going to end. Things will things will change. But Cajun, to your point, that it could easily mean that people were overreacting to something that is easily not, you know, not the case. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that Samuel does in this, because this is this this scene, like besides the scenes that we covered in the Riverlands, those are the two good ones, uh, two areas we talked about. What I didn't like, and and this the scene was all all of this. I think was just setting up Samuel sending. To dragon sending to John that there's dragon glass in Dragonstone. That was all that was. It was setting up the scene and stuff like that, but that was part of that filler I was talking about. I think it was way too much filler just to send a raven to Dragonstone well, uh, to to John about Dragonstone. This this is the whole point of getting him to to Danny. So this is how he gets to Danny. This is the note. This is where you need to go. And he eventually is going to leave the North and go to get go to her at some point. I'm assuming. I think he's protecting it too much. He's going to send emissary, and he might even send his sister. You think? I think he'd send his sister before he would leave. He would send emissaries down there to get the dragon glass uh, and a team before he would go himself. I think he's too concerned about protecting the North. But that, I, I could fully agree with you on that. Yeah, I would say that uh, he'd send that guy. Though. Who's the ginger with the beard from the Wildlings? Uh, like I would think uh, he's already going to East. But he's going. Yeah, but he's going to East Watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like mm-hmm. that, I would think that he would send him first. But like he's already gone. He's already gone away. So like, which a- is exactly where the White Walkers are going from when they talked about earlier of them yeah. going oh, man that's the way the fact that do you you're think gonna... he's gonna do you think he's gonna seduce they got Brienne White Walker before, giants before he leaves yeah <laughs> he gave her that look again when she when she throws him down which uh we're gonna get into we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into that when we talk about yeah. the north let's get into king's landing in king's landing we have three characters that are pretty prevalent oh, oh well oh, oh no no we waited uh we missed one oh, thing jorah we missed oh, yeah. one thing yes uh we get to see jorah mormont uh not fully him we just get to see his hand and how bad the grayscale has gotten for him and he's no longer uh over overseas he's in westeros himself and uh he's been quarantined so that's all we know about him so far awesome i talked to cajun about this offline we talked about it being him about oh, i don't know probably six or seven episodes ago when i i was when i saw the hand come through i'm like that's him and then when he said his line i'm like oh yes for danny that's awesome because he asked if she came and mm-hmm. they, he said no yet so i wonder how long he's going to be i want there's got to be one more reunion of them i feel so bad for this guy like he longs for danny constantly and she's constantly like yeah you're the nice guy i go for bad boys i'm so sorry and then, and then pats him on the head and tells him to go away um so i'm i'm assuming that they'll have one more interaction at least but maybe he turns into a dragon i mean he's got the scales of one so like or now no, nobody else did they all they all turned into the those like Patrick fully scale of freaks yeah yeah so we're, um sorry go ahead. Uh, i was gonna say so let's talk about king's landing because that is of the of the plot points, the the major ones, King's Landing, Dragonstone, and the North. I think that uh, King's Landing has the most to say about where things are headed, at least in this episode. To me, um, okay. specifically, you get a little bit more on Cersei and the fact that she's becoming the Mad King. Yeah, yes. like mm-hmm. that. She's her kids are what keep her grounded. She those are no longer there. And so now the only thing that keeps her grounded is power, which is what turned the Mad King mad. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I I feel like uh, it, it when she in the in the last season when she watched that cathedral go down, 
and she's willing to take out just people for no reason at this point. Like, she'll just, you know, to, to flex her authority. She's going to do that now to any and everybody, which is why she was standing on that large map. Mm-hmm. Like, I instantly thought, like, my, my, my mind started going for theories and everything with, uh, with Jamie now because I feel like Jamie, what? Oh. Theories at the end, Just, baby. Theories at the okay, end. Okay, theories fine, <laughs> fine, but but I felt for Jamie. Let's just yeah, put it but, that but way it showed how tell, how far apart his, Jamie his arc, and uh, seriously were. Because you know, in the first season, you hate Jamie. Like, like mm-hmm. they make you, they like you really not like him because of. And he pushed a kid out of a window. It's just yeah, right. I know. Yeah. So I mean, I mean yeah. So it's like, and he was a but just a the general thing is, dick yeah. Until he got his hand cut off. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, that yeah, his hand being cut off was his turning point for him to start becoming a more likable individual. Yeah, because like now I now I kind of root for him a bit. Yeah, because he's sitting there like they were so polar opposites. Like they were the inseparable twins in the most gross way possible, but they were right in line with each other. They were just doing everything in in sync, and then all of a sudden, all this craziness happens. Their kids just drop one by one by one, and then Jamie's on one side, and Cersei's on the other, and it's 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 powerful right now. The difference between the two of them. Well, Cersei talks about being hungry for power, and Jamie looks at her and goes, "What the hell are we going to do with power if we don't have any allies? We don't we don't have." It, when when everybody from the north, everybody from the north and then the east and the west and every other effing direction, there we have nobody else helping us. Like who the hell is going to help us? So like we're the easiest people to pick off. Everybody can come to us because they hate us, and they're just gonna they're they're all. What if three people converge on on one? Like so it it's. The, oh, that that shade he threw on her. She's like seven uh, of the seven kingdoms. He's like. Maybe three. Maybe three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <At laughs> Throwing that chase. Yeah. <laughs> that passion and that like sexual tension between him and her is completely gone. You're right, Cajun. It's there's like a you can feel the distance or like that space in between them right now. Almost where he's cold like he doesn't even know where he fits in this. He just doesn't want to be against her because he knows that she'll kill him in, a, in like a hot minute. So he's like, Well, I might as well stand here and just shut up a little bit and you know, every once in a while say something, but it's like she doesn't even care about her kids, and that's what he was saying. He's like, you know, our kids died, and she's like, well, what kind of father are you? And he's like, well, shit, you wouldn't even let me be around. He kept sending me away. Which which makes, rolling into the new character that comes in the King's Landing, Euron's comment to Cersei about, yeah, you should kill your sibling. It feels great. Yeah. Like, hit even harder yeah, yeah. to Jamie. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this actually could thing, because they're not as close anymore. So nah, he's probably feeling the, uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that hot it hit a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. And Euron played so much, and I, I saw this uh, in either a tweet or online, but almost like a Heath Leather Ledger Joker, like like literally, like he he took to me he took the scene. I thought um, I don't know if I'd go as far as 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 that character, but I the smirky snarky like everybody look at me like he he had, he had a pair of balls on him because he walked up that staircase and that dude with the red eyes looked at him and moved one step forward. And he looked at him again, and he he actually thought about it for like a half a second. He's like, ah, oh, maybe I better back down one step. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, he was coming at her like, I want to marry you. Uh, so I came here for the prettiest girl at the ball, and you're it. And she looked at him like, dude, I, my brother's right over here. Like that's who I'm hot for, even though she's not. But like, he doesn't have anything not to offer. He doesn't have anything to offer. They're Greyjoys are a bunch of liars. 
That's plain oh. and simple. All Greyjoys. Oh. Like, all in general. Oh. Like, she knows. Like she, too. she Yeah, the traitors. But she knows what he has to offer. She even tells Jamie that. But I think he just disgusted her so much that when he put down that marriage proposal, and it was just like, this is too much. Like, prove it to me. She pushed him away there, but she knows the end game. But she also knows that he wants her so hard because he just played all his cards with that. So, like, now she gets a little free army to go do whatever she wants uh, without having to uh, to wet him at the start. Jeff? So, uh, Euron in the books is kind of like an Indiana Jones uh, of Westeros. So, he could be going that way with his promise mm-hmm. um, of going and finding something that is very... Uh, that she'll like. So it's, I, I don't necessarily think that, that that's a theory. It's just pulling off of some other, uh, some right. of the other lore. Uh, but, uh, that could be a possibility, especially with what he said at the end. He looks to me like a young Joshua Jackson. Like I, when I saw him, I immediately yes, thought of yes. Joshua Jackson from, from Dawson's Creek. I'm like, mighty yeah, ducks. Or, I, I thought or an old Joshua Jackson or an old Joshua Jackson, whatever. Like I just, I just he just because it'd be weird if he looked like Mighty Ducks Joshua Jackson. <laughs> yeah, with a scruffy beard, acting a little drunk and high at the same time. That would be like Joshua Jackson probably was during the filming of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> the one thing I want, not the first one, not the first one. It'd have to have been like the last the first one. one. Two the first one. You get those child actors started early. <laughs> Drew Barrymore status. I think this God. this doesn't qualify as a hit or a miss, but how crappy to me personally was the CGI of those ships coming in when they were coming into ooh, uh, it was bad. Like no, I I looked at it, I was like, yeah. ooh, that's terrible. Like it looks CGI. It look and Game of Thrones has some pretty the dragon stuff is pretty good, but the ships coming in. That's why they spend it all on it the looked dragons. Bad coming into King's Landing, I was like, "Oh, this is not good." Oh, this is. Yeah, this they do have a budget. It's not an unlimited budget. So. <laughs> it should be for these last. So they spend seasons. all budget on dragons yeah. and uh, <laughs> and Daenerys's foyer and foyer, right? <laughs> yeah. Her her giant dragon stone little entryway. There are certain scenes in movies and in television where less is more. And when Daenerys hits Dragonstone, the the non-verbalization of that entire scene, specifically from Tyrion, because that dude can't shut up. Yeah. He talks all the time. But they give her the space to, you can feel the moment. Like, I, for me, I don't feel a lot in Game of Thrones. People die. I'm like, ah, eh, they should, they deserve to die, whatever. But when she touches the ground and touches the sand and, like, mm-hmm. feels that, to me, that was, I, I felt that moment. And, and when they hold Grey Worm back to give her her space, yep. that's like everybody's giving her space. And they think they even said this in the post scene. Everybody gives her her space. Yeah. And then when she gets into the map room, it's just, okay, I've had my time. Uh, it's game on. She even t- tears down Stanny's, the, the, tears down the, 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 the flag, the banner. The burning yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, it's not that anymore. This is mine. And they've been, this has been leading up for what, three seasons for her to get back there? It's like, it's, it's incredible yeah. for her to finally reach there. And she's had to build an army in order to do it. And when those dragons fly down and they're full versions of the dragons, you're like, oh shit, it's about to go down. Like, you can feel the power. And then the scenery around it is even awesome. When she walks initially in, when that door opens, there's dragons on both ends. When she goes into that map room, there's a, a, a picture of a dragon in the background. It And then to see, like, the 
almost dummied down version of the map that Circe has. Like it's the, like it's wood mm-hmm. and it's like really rudimentary, but it's like okay, this is her version of that, and she doesn't even know about the White Walkers. Remember, she knows nothing about anything about the Night King. All she knows is she wants to win and that she wants to take over. She knows nothing about the rest, which is what Jon Snow's going to bring to her eventually, I, I would assume. Like, he's going to bring that part, and she's got the... Well, that's going yeah. into... Th- no, but theory. I'm just saying, he knows one thing, she knows another thing, so eventually something's got to something's gotta give. Yeah. She's got to know about it. Wait, actually know something? Oh, yeah, ah. maybe? Oh. oh! you know nothing, Jon Damn, all right, so <laughs> nice let's talk about the North. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. All right, so... In the north, we have Sansa, we have Littlefinger, we've got Jon Snow, the Night King, and Bran. Wherever you would like to start, there's a lot going on here. That opening scene uh, where With the... uh, where they're having the court, basically, mm-hmm. and speaking about what's going to happen with the houses, with Karstark, and with, uh, I can't remember what the other house is named, uh, um, Umbria? Umbra, yeah, it's Umbra, it begins with yeah, a U. Yeah, yeah. We'll go with the U house. Umbra, or something like that. Umbra, Umbra, Umbra. Umbra. House Umbra, Umbra. Yeah. House Umbra. Uh, and that fight, that clash between Sansa Stark and Jon Snow is... It, it's, ten, it's intense to watch. Like, because you have one person that is uh, bloodborne and the other that... Uh, is technically a bastard, but given the given the throne, yeah. yeah. Everybody in that room doesn't know he has royal blood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, that's like that's the moment where I'm the least looking forward to it throughout the series because I've been wanting to see the Stark children get back together for so long, and when I see Sansa and John start butting heads like that, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. And the <laughs> the butting heads part, you can when she talks. You can hear the guys just lightly start tapping the table a little bit, saying they're with her. You know what I mean? And so then it's like, oh shit, is he losing them? And so I, I really thought for a second she was going to step up and like really give it to him even harder than she did. And then she backed down after he was like, I've spoken. Yeah, it, it was like she gave this political speech to what she knows what the North people want to hear. And also that's when Littlefinger kind of beams of pride that... Uh, his little protege is uh, doing what he said uh, he asked her to do. But it, it was almost, and I agree with Paul, it was almost head-turning. But you also see some people, whenever they're in that conflict, the actors in the room kind of turning their heads as well because it's like, I don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's awkward. It's mom and dad fighting. I don't want to be here. And it kind of made everybody squirm in their seat, and including the audience, uh, mm-hmm. in more ways than one. And so that kind of set that whole thing up to be even worse than... And set John up even more to be angry at her. And she's just like, I don't care. I'm going forward with all of these things. And I'm going to keep saying these things. Jeff? That moment, actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh, basically what I kind of see going on with both Jon Snow and, and Sansa is that they want to fight the enemy that they know because they don't know the other one. Mm-hmm. And so they're both worried about, Sansa's worried about the South because she knows Cersei and she knows what Cersei's capable of. But John is worried about uh, the uh, Night King the Night because King. of the same reason. They both have completely legitimate reasons and have the most. Uh, they, they it's legitimate for them to work uh, to worry about this and want to take it on. But who's going to win in the end? What I like about what he says to her is is it's a thousand miles to me, and they have to travel in snow, which they're not capable of doing. 
this guy is. And so that's why he's my immediate threat. And her comment to him is, you know, our father and our brother died by being stubborn. So don't be stupid. And I don't know if he's open to that yet. Maybe he will be eventually, but she's trying to look out for him. And she's like, Cersei won't stop here. She's going to come after you and keep coming after you. So that's what, that's why I'm so worried about her. And he doesn't, she doesn't know about the, 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 the night King yet. And I just, I appreciate the fact that she stood up for herself because that's something that's maybe a piece of Cersei that she took with her. Like, because she, because she admires her so much and he made that comment to her. It's almost as if, it's almost yeah, as if you have a crush. You know what I mean? Like you, you admire her a little too much. And, and so I think she, what she took from her was the part where she's, where she's stand up for herself and she's willing to say or speak and do whatever it is she has to do. Uh, well, I noticed that the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, she's doing her best Cersei impression right now yeah. with how she was looking away and things like that. And that moment when she spoke up and John kind of like looks down at her, that's the first moment where like I kind of hated Jon Snow and I can see that stubbornness in him that Sansa's talking about. And it almost even reminded me a little bit of King Robert. The part just a little bit with like he's like very offended. It seems that she spoke up. It's almost like woman, you've spoken, I've spoken, so that my word, you know, that's what I took when he said that. I I literally took like a guy back then, like I've spoken, so I'm the man, like so. It, and I, I, well, well, you got to remember though. You got to remember though, John, you know, his his woman that he had was a wildling, and she she would speak out and everything. So he's not, you know, he he's. He's got that in his background. That's not so. That's not how he views. Yeah, them. but also I didn't get that from John as well. Like that's what Sansa heard from him. But from him, he's in front of his people, uh, laying the law of the land. He's laying the plan for this fight, and having that fight out in public, and it being either unresolved or her winning is something he can't deal with right now. So having that fight out in public, he needed to squash that because of the appearances there. So I think that's where he was coming from, but she came in from, oh, you're talking down to me, uh, scenario there, Damien. That, that, well, you gotta, you gotta also remember that he, that, you know, yeah, you got Sansa that she's, she's had her crap, right? But John's died. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He's died. He doesn't give a shit. He is here to do what he needs to do because out of everybody in that room, nobody else has died. He's died. He's died for his people. He's going to tell him what needs to be done so that he can protect his people. He doesn't give a shit about anything else other than protecting because guess what? He already died Cajun. for his people. John, J- J- John has risen. Cajun, to your point, it's like mom and dad fighting. You don't fight in front of the kids. Like you fight behind closed doors. And so that's basically what right. he's saying. He's like, I don't care. You disagree with me, but just do it behind. Just don't don't talk about it in front of everybody. Disagree with me to my face. Mm-hmm. He, and then we can he and, said that when they were walking. Yeah. And then we can discuss yeah. it. And she had a solid point, too, because she wanted to go against him. She's like, if one person turns then what? Why is there? Re- why is there not retribution? His thinking was, I'm not making the son pay for the father's sins. You know, that house has been around mm-hmm. for a thousand years. So there's one asshole. I'm not going to blame them for one asshole if everybody else is solid. I'm just going to trust the fact that, that you know they're going to be able to knock out that one person and regroup and we'll move on. But her point is is somebody has to pay for this otherwise you look weak. And and she doesn't Jeff- want him to look weak. Yeah. Oh, one more thing that I just uh, I just thought of right now. Uh, actually John has seen how fragile the wall can be. Just a few seasons right. ago, yep. uh, the wildlings almost took it down and if they kept fighting, 
it would have gone down mm-hmm. because right. uh, with how everything is now, there's not that much protection on the wall because it's not manned. So mm-hmm. it it is fragile at the moment. So he needs That's to get that point. powered up. That would be a scary thought if the Night King went for the wall first because there's mm-hmm. there's not there's not protection there. And so if they took down the wall, that's a big deal in just in if you're a viewer's mind, if somebody takes the wall down, that's a huge deal. And so they could leave it at just that as a plot point and kind of move on and people would be like, oh, crap, like the wall's yeah, down. I'd, I'd rather see the wall fall than them go around it like they've been hinting at, but everything leads to them going around it. Like they're going to send this dude east and they think the, wall, the Night King might go east and all this stuff. Everything's leading to some easterly battle over there on that on that end um, with third-party characters over there. Damien? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit. We keep talking about the Night King. So I want to talk about the White Walker scene because we know that when you fall, you rise as a White Walker once they come across. They have giants now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was fantastic. That was crazy when I saw that. three of them. That reveal was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It kept coming uh, at you, and it wasn't. It wasn't like the front row. There was like the front row and the middle row, and then the back row. But it, it, like it just kept coming. And so the fact, mm-hmm. and then when it panned at the last scene to that giant, and the eye just kept coming at you, it was like, oh crap! Like they really do have an army. Like and it's building quickly. So mm-hmm. and also the fact that they showed the snow coming down when they showed that scene. So they let you know like winter is here. Like this. That's that's what this is. Yeah, they let you know that they can control the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't bring the winter, but they can like bring a little storm with them to hide their movements. But also, like I loved how you get like glimpses in the storm of a White Walker. I was like, is that a White Walker? Or that, and they would just take it away. It was a CG of them just like making the 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 White Walker look like he was in the uh, the the shade and the smoke, and then making it disappear. I love that. Really quickly, we'll just talk about the fact that the first, uh, the second scene actually was Bran uh, going to the wall um, and Castle Black. So um, the denial of entrance really quickly. And he's like, uh, as soon as he said he was a Stark, then he questioned it for a second. And then all he did was like, just be like, oh, by the way, I know this, 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 this and that. And then, oh, OK, crap. You know that. All right. You're in. And, and so they let him in. And that was that was as fast as that dude was in. I mean, he didn't... Don't care if you're a Snark or not. No, snark or not. No. Like, I'm not lying you that I'm a Stark. That. All right, well, uh, you're in. And so they let him in really quickly. So I think Bran is going to be more of a sideline character who's going to call the shots and, and kind of foresee everything. That'll happen from... That might actually help at the wall. I didn't even think about that, but that'll actually help with the wall. That, hey, they're coming. Hey, they're, they're really close. He might be able to tell them all of that. And it also brings the Stark family, again, all together again. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool. Yep. So let's get into some spoiler thoughts. We have some ideas of where we think this thing is all going. And I, I don't even care where we begin because I'm all excited about the fact that we have some ideas. Okay. So I wanna, I'm going to give credit to a co-worker who wants to listen to this episode because she's all about – she is all about Game of Thrones. In fact, her husband actually looks like Cal Drogo. Oh, nice. Uh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I say that as a man. Yeah. <laughs> comfortable with his love for Cal Drogo. All right. So my coworker Fia, her uh, her theory is that with this stuff is that there's going to be three dragon riders. You got because you got three full grown dragons. She th- thinks that one's going to be Jon Snow, and then. Uh, and then she thought that the it was going to be Jon Snow, and then Daenerys is 
obviously I, the other one. Da- da- Daenerys is obviously one of the other ones. And now I'm getting Fouts' idea in because Fouts, even though he's not here, I'm going to toss his out. Fouts thinks that the third one's going to be Tyrion. I think it needs to have somebody with uh, uh, Stormborn blood. So I think it needs to have it needs to be uh, Targaryen or Targaryen or whatever. It, it, it needs to be it needs to be somebody with that blood to be able to ride him Listen, because they get to. You don't want to make that mis- you don't want to make that mistake. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think it's one of them. Uh, but who else has their blood who's alive right now? It's only Besides... Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion potentially. Um, that's why he came out disfigured. Is a is a huge theory. And okay. then uh, Jon Snow, who has basically been confirmed now, and of course Daenerys. Okay. Yeah. So that that would be if if they confirm the Tyrion theory that he has that blood on too, then he, then that would, that would although be great as it is, be just so funny looking. <laughs> I'm sorry that would, that would but it's like they are also kind of hinting at that already because mm-hmm. of that scene that they had la- last season where he goes to uh, uh, the dragons. calm the dragons and then he almost like sh- chats himself and uh, tells Varys to never let him do that again <laughs> so <laughs> now I have a I have one theory. We, we talked, and this was kind of bringing it up from right from the end. We, I mean, Bran just gets into the uh, the wall. Oh, what, what's that? That was the other person. She thinks Bran's going to be the other dragon. Right uh, nah. Because he could, he could even possibly He can't ward. even get on top of the dragon. Oh, he could ward a dragon. Yeah, but he can't ride him. He could ward the dragon, yeah. The, uh, so, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, th- that would be awesome if he could ward a dragon. That would be f- and just, oh, God. That would be fun. <laughs> what if he got, oh, if he got in the Bran of the dragon? Oh. Sorry, like, that was that was really <laughs> legs flopping off the side. All right, look, hey, keep it in your pants, keep man. Your keep pants. it in your pants. Flop. Okay, to so left to the right. One thing is, right. Bran. I think he's going to tell John about his parentage. Yeah. Because they had the scene where they were talking about yeah. you can't uh, trust a Targaryen, and I think that's along the lines of them going to get the dragon glass. I think that's the twist in the trailer we see for episode two. They're all all the other men are upset about talking with a, a Targaryen, I really think that this is going to be Bran reveals to John his parentage and the people, as some people turn because of his heritage and then that might be an early split. We might see an early split of the North siding for it. Um, it might be a little too quick, but I'm pretty sure Bran's going to tell him and tell him soon. Damien? Do we think that uh, with the White Walkers, do we think that when this comes to a scene where Bran is fighting them. Do we think that Hodor might appear as a as a White Walker because that would affect oh, him emotionally? I yes. was thinking heart. that earlier, but he's going to my heart. But yes, it's yes. going to happen. When we were talking about the White Walkers, and when you mentioned that when you fall by them, you turn into one. Oh, in my head, I'm like, oh, I man, don't like this feeling. Hodor, right stop as a White Walker. What's going to happen? What's going to happen is the door's going to be closed. And then it's going to be shut, or, or it's going to be opened, and then it's going to come in, and he's going to close it, and he's going to go for for uh, go for Bran, but he's going to hold the door. No, no, he's he's going to be full on. I don't think he'll be able to control him, he's but I think courteous? he's going to be. Bran's going to be warding, uh, warding somebody, or warding somebody. No, he's going to be in the door. He's going to slam it shut, oh. and then it's just going to be oh, him so taking on Bran. Too so he, much he, doors. So he holds the door. <laughs> I'm way too sad now. You you just took me down. Jeff and Paul, yeah. I know you guys had some ideas. What are your thoughts? 
Uh, well, for me, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, we talked about with the Hound earlier and just how great that scene is when he's staring into the fire and he starts describing what he's seeing. I think uh, part of what he's describing is he's going to have to fight the mountain, uh, fight the mountain on the wall, possibly. Because when he's talking about a dark mountain with a spearhead <clears throat> and arrowhead, uh, <clears throat> arrowhead. Uh, sorry, yeah. I got stuff in my throat. <clears> throat. There we go. When he's talking about seeing uh, a mountain with an arrowhead and just talking of the undead and the fear in his face. I think it's hinting at we're going to see them brother against brother again. Yeah, well, look at his armor. It's dark armor. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the helmet, it looks like an arrowhead. An arrow. That's awesome. Ah, That's good, I like that I, theory. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But where they fight, though, might be because that means that Cersei's army goes all the way to the wall. Yeah. So then we'd he, we would need Euron's fleet to... This is, so that would be a much... That's much less... That's, that's probably like next season stuff at that yeah, point because we need, a full, we need a full turn. Because like, Iran, he's going south right now, I think. And I think that what we're going to get real soon is Daenerys' fleet just obliterated by Euron. He didn't say he's the best on the seas for no reason. And I think that sets her back big time. They just get obliterated. I'm, I'm, I think that's also potentially his gift. I think he's uh, going to try and bring her Tyrion's head. I disagree. I think it's something different. And I talked to Cajun about this offline. I actually mm-hmm. think that he's going after Gentry, the bastard son of uh, Robert Bar- Baratheon. And the reason oh, why is because Robert Baratheon, Robert Baratheon's bastard son would be the king of the throne and would totally outtake her in on that throne. So he's going to go grab him. By the way, was seen on set, so uh, he's around, Gentry's and he hasn't he hasn't been he hasn't been around in three seasons because he yeah. was rowing on that boat, and as he's rowing on that boat, Euron found him in the water and snagged him up, and that's how they grabbed him, and so he knows where he is. I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to take him to you. You can do whatever it is that you want to do with him or torture him. I don't give a rat's rear end, but guess what? You're still the, you're the king now, and so there's the reason why you trust me because I could have kept him myself, and he could have been the king. And so I think that that's what he's, I think that's where he's going with this. But that's just, that, that's a theory that I have. I really, I would, I would love, yeah, I would love if he would be back because it would make so much sense. Cause he was in, he was in a couple of seasons, but then he, I mean, yeah. the last one we saw was him on the rowboat and bailing. So, so if you bring him into play and Ari is going to kill the queen, that could be the thing that messes her up to where she doesn't kill the queen and she goes to save him. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. That leads me yeah. to my other theory. I don't think that she kills the queen. I think that Jamie kills the second Mad King, and I think Jamie takes her out. Because uh, that, that's what, I, yeah, I was going to say it earlier. I think that I think that if I think if anybody kills Cersei, I think, I think it's he does it out of love, and he just is, it's like that's enough. No, I think he he could, but I think he because he regrets not having done it before. I think your theory is better than mine because my theory was that Jamie just leaves Cersei. Mm-hmm. Uh, my theory is that Jamie leaves Cersei, and then Jamie goes to Sansa to lead the army in the north. That and that then, would be awesome. Like if that happened, because, that would be awesome. And because and so this this theory has a little some legs to it. So it doesn't have to be in that order. But I think yours of killing her is better. But he goes to Sansa. Now, one thing. This is a second theory about Sansa. Sansa, we see her hair look like Cersei's. She talks about how she likes Cersei. Talks about how Cersei uh, betrays people all the time. And then Sansa betrays 
John and kills him. Oh no, I don't like that. <laughs> I would want her. Yeah, yeah. She kills John, and I then did. John comes back, and John rips her heart out. No, he, 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 well, I'm dead. He's, he's, <laughs> no, he won't. He won't be dead. He's dead, he's dead for He'll good. He's dead for good at that point. Danny's fire. No, John is back. ice. Together, they're fire and ice. They have a baby. Mm-hmm. It, a song it's of a fire song. and ice. Yeah. 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 No. And that Jamie. song goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jamie and Sansa have a baby. Jamie and Sansa. Oh, that would be actually kind of cool. Yep, yeah, because Jamie's going up for Sansa because she's so much like Cersei. And I think after whatever happens, either he leaves or I think Chris might be better, is that he kills her. And he goes up there to lead the army because now the damage is real. They need a general. He's the only competent general. And then uh, he, he gets involved in a relationship with Sansa up there. Jeff? Now, there is... Does everybody remember the prophecy that came up uh, a couple seasons ago where Cersei, uh, the season opens up on Cersei going to a witch's yeah. cabin? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Half of that prophecy has come true with all of, her, uh, all of her children dying. Does anybody remember the second part of that? No. I don't, actually. You will, uh, your younger brother will wrap his uh, hands around your throat. So, there's two different ones. Cersei's the oldest twin. Uh, So, she has two younger brothers. This could be Tyrion, which is who she's been gunning for the whole time, but she hasn't thought of Jaime. Jaime could kill her. He took out the dad, so, like, he could do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and six. She thinks it's him the whole time, and it ends up, and now we're seeing that separation. It ends up, and and he does it with, instead of pulling his sword on her, he just just straight up chokes her out right now. With like, the gold hand. One hand yeah. and a gold oh. hand. Oh, the gold hand is shaped like that. So, Ooh, yeah. Oh, he, get, he gets a custom one. Just a, a full-size throat one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I so could, uh, I can see it happening just because he's, he's afraid of Cersei at this point. Mm-hmm. There's that look he gives her when he first sees her standing on that map, and he's like, uh, WTF. Yeah, what are we still doing? Why are you, why are we doing this? Like you're a different person now. When I was lo- now, God, what you're saying earlier about um, Arya and why she doesn't kill at that point, um, I like it. I, I think because at some point she doesn't kill uh, Cersei. She turns around and goes north. But I think one of the reasons is she finds her wolf because they had a scene of a wolf, and uh, her wolf is is theorized to still be alive, and because we didn't see it die, and that. Uh, gets her to turn around, go north, and reminds her of family and to go back and to be with family at, at the wall. And I think that plays into why she turns uh, around. It, and that's my final theory. As we're looking at this, guys, we have, like, what, about 13 episodes left? So you have, like, 13 hours for them to wrap this up. So all of the theories and things that we're thinking about has to be, like, condensed down into those about 13 or 14 hours. That's... That's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, is a rumor, there is a rumor going around that next season's episodes will be feature length, potentially. Correct. So now, they, they did say they were going to be, uh, they're setting them up to be movie length. So we're expecting hour and a half or longer episodes. Uh, I do have one final theory, if everybody else is done with the theory. I, I went a little crypto look at everything in a scene and... Uh, uh, this is like very very big. So at the final, final scene, uh, Tyrion and Daenerys are in the war room. 
and there is a carving of a dragon. In, the, in that carving, in the mouth, is a nest of birds. This could mean two different things. Uh, one that I kind of uh, like more is that uh, Littlefinger is going to be... Uh, it feels like he has been betrayed by Sansa and decides to go over and help uh, Daenerys. While that happens, Daenerys uh, listens to Varys and doesn't trust Littlefinger, brings him in, and then kills him. Uh, the reason why I think the birds go into that uh, is because of the little, Eerie. Little... Oh, the Eerie and the birds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, a nest of birds, or a bird's nest is filled with little birds. Uh, Varys's little bird network was infiltrated by Cersei's uh, Dark Maester. Yep. And this could mean that Varys is killed because of that. He gives false information. Daenerys just ends it. What I love about Game of Thrones is you can't even go by the books because the television show doesn't go by the books. It we're past the books now. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and now. so that like right now we're in unknown territory. So. Any theory is a plausible theory, and so it could potentially be whatever it is. And I don't, I think they're gonna, this isn't Westworld for us. Like, I feel like this is gonna be like up till the last moment, you're not gonna know what the hell's going on. Like, I feel like it's gonna be really, really sketchy and kind of, kind of out there. That, that's gonna be the yeah. final ending of, of Game of Thrones is, is it's gonna come up and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, medieval game and uh in the westworld yeah. universe oh, <laughs> created by anthony, anthony but are we gonna be, be like medieval times and here yeah, yeah, like anthony, Hop- anthony hopkins will just come walking out it'll be like he's like this was my plan <laughs> all right so the world the thought process was to keep this under an hour which we're trying to do so let's give final thoughts any any last words any things that you want to give about this first episode Again, this is going to be something that we're going to do on a consistent basis over this entire season. So we're going to spoiler cast every episode. Uh, but what are your thoughts about this particular episode? It felt like it was beginning at the very end Ooh, okay. for me. Like, like, like the like the whole thing was good. Was okay for uh, like a catch up, but it felt like the the beginning was at the end when she she's like, let's let it begin, and I'm like, yes, and then it goes cut scenes, and I'm like, no, and I actually screamed. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it felt like everything was, I mean, it's a good, let's put the pieces on the, you know, show the pieces on the, on the, the chessboard, but it just, for me, it was like, okay, next episode, let's get to it. I feel like we're seeing a pot just starting to boil and it's about to overflow and that's where we are now. So we're just seeing it starting to simmer. And it's just going to get more and more heated by uh, every episode. I was really happy with it. And it's uh, I think it's a good introduction to the season. Uh, and yeah, I the only thing I didn't really like uh, was the the Greyjoy dude proposing. I thought that scene was really long and really stupid. And I just don't like that characterization like at all. I'm just like, can you just go leave? <laughs> Leave now. 
uh, mine, I still say all filler, no thriller. Uh, There's a lot of just these filler scenes in there giving us this backstory. Lots of to talk about a lot of stuff to theorize, but, but if you didn't have the Hound and if you didn't have Arya's cold open, I don't think you have any excitement this episode at all. And um, I really want to see this stuff turn. And I know the show will, will do that, but uh, I was expecting a little more in the season opener in terms of action in terms of something exciting in it. And I guess I have to wait till next week to see if that happens. Cage and I are on the same point. Like, I really felt like I gained a very little. I got re-familiarized with the characters, which I appreciated. It was like, oh, this is like comfort food thing. Uh, it's, it's really nice to see all y'all again. Except I didn't go any farther in the storyline besides everybody was back to the same spot because it felt like it was like a day later, a couple days later. Like, it wasn't very far off of the last season. So... Uh, but the, the cold open and the hound scene, which had me emotionally tugged, were the two things that, that brought me into this episode. So I agree with Cajun on that. Um, other than that, I'm super excited about episode two. I think we're all excited about episode two, and we're looking forward to doing our next spoiler cast. Um, I think that's going to be ending it for this this spoiler cast for Geekologist Radio, and we'll, we'll see you in this episode upcoming weeks for episode two, three, four, five, six, and seven. All right. We're ready to sign off and where to find us at geekologist at ninjapancake.com at geekologist radio on Twitter, geekologistradio.com and at ninjapancake.com. Uh, where can we find uh, you, Jeff? You can find me on Twitter very seldomly at the Jeff Barry. Uh, and that's probably it for social media. You are my brother from a different mother. I spend as much time on Twitter as you do then. <laughs> Paul? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Paul R. Roman, or you can find me on Instagram uh, with the same handle. Damien? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash, all one word, and uh, just uh, all over the place, pretty much by anything Damien Nash. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can find me at Caucasian Saint on Twitter. And Chris, take us out where to find you. You can find me at Two Wolves, T-W-O-W-L-V-C-C on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you, uh, whatever, whatever social media network you want to go to. Um, For Geekologist Radio, we are super excited about having these spoiler casts. Please give us a like, listen, or shout out. Uh, Let us know what you think. And uh, we are meowed. (laughs) 